Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. I'd like to welcome all of you back to the Start Vegas Report. As always, I'm your co-host, Colton Watson. I'm your other co-host, Gavin Lagazzino. And we are super excited to get back. Going to break down the defense today, um, talk about who's probably going to you're going to see on the field the most and what you to expect from the defense this year. Um, not going to be a, probably a banner year on defense for Mississippi State, unfortunately, with the new scheme and with some inexperience that we're going to have to have on the field, uh, some transfers and some opt-outs that have hurt. But that being said, it all just lays the groundwork for next year, and that doesn't mean with the offense that we're going to have that we're not going to still be very competitive. Yep. Um, before we get started, of course, today is September 11th. Even though we honor it every single day and – honor those that lost their lives in service to the country or in service to their fellow man in any case. And we, uh, every single day we honor that. Um, today in particular, we remember what happened uh, on that fateful day 19 years ago. And it's something that we will never, ever forget. Yeah. Um, you're actually listening to a podcast with two people that are almost pretty much too young to remember what happened. I know Gavin is. I wasn't even born. You so, weren't born? No. I I was, I just turned three. I don't remember I've got some kids my age that claim to remember, but <laughs> that doesn't mean that it doesn't. It's not important to us. Yeah. Um, we we I say all that to say that it's not something I've made light of, or I've been taught to make light of, or to, or to think of in any way except with the utmost reverence. As long as I've been alive, and I still continue to do that, and I hope that all of you will too. Yep. Um, something else that happened this week, Gavin. What a uh, yeah. What did you so... see on Fox the other day? So if y'all watch FS1 or maybe you're familiar with FS1, there's a show on there called Undisputed with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. And basically the other day during an interview, Dak, uh, he came out and said that after the suicide of his brother mixed with uh, being in quarantine, you know, being by yourself, going through those things at the same time, he, uh, he was battling depression during that time. And he came out and openly said that, which, I mean, that takes somebody that's really strong to, to come out and admit that sort of thing. So that was a big deal, and everybody was really proud to Dak. And then if you turned on Undisputed, um, Shannon and Skip were talking about it. And Skip, who's notorious for being a big-time Cowboys fan, but he's always really critical of the quarterbacks, he basically came out and said, you're the leader of America's team. You shouldn't be openly, you shouldn't openly be talking about battling something like this because it makes you vulnerable to other teams, and it, makes, it shows your weakness. And... He's just received all sorts of flack for that, and I couldn't disagree with him more because, in my opinion, somebody if somebody like Dak is going through something like that and he's willing to talk about it, that shows strength. It doesn't show weakness. Right. So, I, I feel like it's all the more impressive to yeah. talk about it, to, to be willing to admit that because yeah. how, many, how many decades did we either suffer in silence or kind of brush it under the rug when stuff like that happened, yeah. and it just wasn't something to talk about because you were scared of what people would say. I mean, not – First of all, the public opinion has been great. For the, except for Skip, everybody's super excited. Yeah, and and not I, I, excited is not the right word. Supportive uh, of Dak, and then, but number two, I mean, he doesn't. He it's still something that's a bit taboo, and to the point that it it takes a lot to admit that. Yeah. Um, and in that same vein, if you or anybody that you know is struggling with depression or uh, any type of mood disorder or an anxiety disorder. There is an absolutely no shame in seeking help. Um, I'm not ashamed to admit that I've I've sought help for similar things with uh with anxiety related anxiety and depression aren't quite the same thing, but uh, 
there are what definitely all types of ways you can get help and there's absolutely no shame in that and it's much better to ask somebody to lend a hand and to get help than to sit there and suffer and accept the consequences of what may happen because breakdowns happen you know i don't this i'm not going to use clinical terms but people snap people people suffer and they can end up hurting other people doing that but even so they just as just as easily or perhaps more easily can hurt themselves both physically and just emotionally um, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline number is 800-273-8255, 24 hours a day, available in multiple languages. Um, and there is if, if, if you need that number for you or if you need to, or if somebody is immediately threatening his life or, their, or somebody else's, uh, you can also call that number as well. That is 800-273-8255. So uh, now we're going to move on to the regular, regular, Regularly scheduled yeah. programming. Regularly yeah. scheduled programming. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about the defense today, like Colton mentioned earlier. So we're going to talk about who to expect at every position and what to expect from the defense as a whole and also in position groups. So like Colton mentioned earlier, the defense is obviously not going to be the strong point of the team this year. It's a Mike Leach team. The offense is going to be the strong suit. And unfortunately, we have transfers and some guys still working their way back from injury, and uh, that's going to force us to put a lot of inexperienced guys out on the field. But the good news with it, having an inexperienced defense out there is that as the year goes on, they're only going to get better because they're seeing more and more snaps. They're starting to figure things out. So running the three-three-five is going to be very different, but uh, we should get used to it in time. So we'll start off with the D-line. You want to? Go ahead and get the starters. Right. So, um, up front, who we expect to start, and just from stuff we've heard in practice, things we've observed from last year, you in this line you have one D D tackle. You know, kind of play. He can play, move around the offense, the offensive line. He can uh, play head up on the center. He can play on either side of the guard. Even I mean, it just very very versatile. Uh, the defensive tackle will probably be Jaden Crumity who's a redshirt sophomore. Nathan Pickering is going to probably get almost as many snaps, though, yeah. even if he doesn't start. And if one starts over the other, it's not – it's just a – it's almost going to be a situational thing. Yeah, Nathan Pickering, matchup-based. Right. Nathan Pickering's a great run stopper. Um, he's not – he's a future NFL guy. He's not who you want chasing down the quarterback, especially a mobile quarterback, which right. we're going to see a lot of. So yeah. it just depends. On each end, the defensive ends is going to be Kobe Jones and Marquis Spencer. Marquis Spencer, of course, uh, redshirted last year, and is even though he's a senior, he took a medical redshirt. Um, and he's had a lot of he's had you know he played as a true freshman in 2016. I mean, this guy's been around. Yeah. So this is very good to have some experience there. Kobe Jones is another guy that doesn't have much starting experience, but does have playing experience. And that's going to be really helpful. I expect Kobe Jones to make a big step up this year, yeah. uh, kind of like Chauncey Rivers, like we expected to last year, who didn't take quite the jump that I thought he would. Yeah, but that that was that was a that was a uh, something that we'll get into how last year a lot of our uh, a lot of our defensive predictions, if you watch the show last year, didn't pan out simply because. One we didn't know about the Tudor Gate. We didn't know we wouldn't have Willie Gay yeah. and Lee Autry up front. That was which would have helped Chauncey produce. I that would have like. been huge. Yeah, yeah. would have helped. That, would have helped everybody produce. That doesn't quite. Marcus Murphy. People knew what to expect with that, and Chauncey was kind of 
it was kind of like a situation where they were able to hone in on him because they didn't have Lee Autry and Willie Gay to worry right. about. Right, and he was still a third-team All-SEC yeah. guy. So, In any case, um, that's who we expect up front. Another guy that you'll have to look out for is King Ani. He's a redshirt freshman. He is a freak athlete. The guy who's, who was only playing football for a couple years in Tennessee was one of the most highly rated prospects out of Tennessee a couple years ago. Yeah. He's a long, lean, athletic freak. Just going to be on that end. I'd like to see what he's going to do this year. Uh, don't don't expect too much from him, but he'll be up there sometime. Trey Lawson is a JUCO transfer from uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. He's going to be up there on the defensive end. Jack Harris, who's uh, out of uh, Oak Grove High School, he's going to he was a freshman last year. He's going to be a hybrid uh, kind of linebacker, defensive end kind of yeah. guy. We didn't know what he'd play when he got here, but it looks like he settled in at defensive end. Yeah, and he's one of the guys that we've heard a lot of good things out about uh, coming from camp. So he's somebody that you should definitely look out for. He'll probably get a good bit of snaps. In the a team. great a great future leader on the team, too. Jack Harris is a guy you take to SEC Media Days. Yeah. Um, yeah. Real, very well spoken. Yeah. Aaron Odom is a redshirt junior. We haven't gotten as much out of him as we thought so far, but he's still got time to produce. He'll be in the mix uh, a lot. Um, Jevin Banks is a true freshman who we – you know, what, nobody would have expected him to play too much. You know, three-star recruit, guy that you'll happy to have in the class, but he's definitely not your recruiting headliner. He's getting a lot of compliment and praise from uh, both Coach Arnett and his position coach. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see because, remember, everybody gets a free year. There's no reason not to play a freshman every single game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to worry about red shirts. Yeah, especially we were we kind of touched on this last week or in the last show, but that's this is a huge advantage because – not only does it get it let these guys get experience, but they're going to play a lot of snaps in games where we're blowing teams out or getting blown out. Right. So There's going to be – like It sets Arkansas, up for really good play. Arkansas, really good Vandy, Missouri, all those all those games, I expect to see a lot of freshmen on the field in the fourth quarter. So that will be exciting. Hopefully. Yeah. And like Colton if said – If there's not freshmen on the field in the fourth quarter, we're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so other guys that we want you all to remember, uh, Armandus Cooley – and Alan Love. So these guys, these are some young guys also, and they'll be able to make an impact on the field. They'll come in. Uh, like I said, they they probably won't make quite as big of an impact as the guys that we mentioned before them, but these are some guys that can get some good experience like we're talking about uh, in that fourth quarter against some Remember of Remember Alan teams. Love coming off an injury last year, but he w- wouldn't have been able to play anyway. He was sitting out a year after transferring from uh, Louisville. Yeah. Did have a good year as a freshman at Louisville. Yeah, so uh, moving on to linebackers, this is a position where, kind of like Colton mentioned earlier with Jack Harris, these linebackers are going to be coming down and blitzing a lot, and uh, Aaron Brule kind of hinted at that in his interview last week, if anybody watched that. And these guys, they're going to be they're gonna be helping with the pass rush, they're going to be helping with run stopping. Linebackers are probably the most versatile position group in the 3-3-5 defense. They've, they're just asked to do so much, but so far – it sounds like they're uh, holding up to the task. Right. With these linebackers, you know, we're going to blitz out like crazy and out of nowhere with a lot of diverse fronts and a lot of just mixing things up. You're going to you gotta have to gonna have to have at least outside linebackers that are going to rush the passer, and I think that's what we have. We've got, you know, we'll mention Jordan Davis, who's going to be your starting Sam linebacker. He's a junior college transfer from Kapai Lincoln Community College right outside where I grew up um, by about five or ten miles. He uh, is a freak. They didn't know if he was going to play defensive end or linebacker, and looks like he settled in at linebacker. Um, next if I'm to, not mistaken, he's got Willie Gay's number too. Right next so. to Errol Thompson and uh, 
Aaron Brule. I'm really excited about Jordan Davis. We'll talk about him a little bit towards the end of the show. But, um, of course, you got Errol Thompson in the middle. That's obvious. And then your your last linebacker is Aaron Brule, who played sparingly last year. Aaron Brule, when Willie Gay wasn't on the field, was was your fourth linebacker. You had Tim Washington, Errol Thompson, and uh, Leo Lewis. Um, Washington and Lewis, of course, were seniors. But Aaron Brule, I, I noticed a lot last year he, he was a little bit lost, just like you would expect a young guy. He was a redshirt freshman last year. Just a little bit. He, athletic as heck. Athletic as I'll get out. Uh, Errol Thompson said he's athletic as Willie Gay. Yeah, which and is strong. Insane. So he's he's that guy from this linebacker group that you're going to expect to be rushing the passer a good bit. They were talking about him the other day, uh, talking about how impressed they were with him coming along in his pass rush game in the short amount of practices that we have had. They said he's catching on really quick, and they expect him to be an impact guy from the start. And, you so know, when we news. throw the corner blitz or something, you know, he'll yeah. have to be get out in coverage, yeah. which is – Something he can do. Right. Him and him and him and uh, Jordan Davis both are really yeah. athletic. And then Errol's just kind of going to be that field general linebacker that you know you expect him to be. He's going to stuff the run. He's going to make. He's going to hit hard. He's good in coverage over the middle. He's going to be. He's going to be a guy that's fun to watch. Also, Errol Thompson, a uh, potential All SEC candidate. He's got. He is the most experienced defender and the biggest leader on the defense by far. He was yeah. elected as a captain as a junior last year, which speaks uh, speaks volumes. Yeah. And uh, Coach Arnett. He was actually talking about how he's pretty sure that Errol's played more defensive snaps than anybody in the SEC. Yeah, that's so, insane. Yeah. Uh, after that, you've got another junior college transfer from Kapai Lake Community College. Go Wolves is Tyrus mm. Wheat. Tyrus Wheat was probably close to a starting linebacker, and he can move around at all those positions. Very athletic. Not the, not the biggest guy, but super athletic and lays a thump um, if you've ever seen him hit. And then – Buki Watson, Nathaniel Watson, who's we've heard about from his recruitment. I remember he had some, he had gotten a little bit of trouble in high school, and so he was a, he was one of those that we were talking about a lot with the recruiting class. He's a strong backup, and those that'll be your fourth and fifth linebackers. And between the two of them, as capable as they are, and as much as we've heard good about them, yeah. this is Free probably athletes. your probably your deepest group. Yeah, um, probably your deepest group. You've got you've got some depth on uh, the front end, too, but as far as the defense goes, you feel the safest about your linebackers. Yeah. You're at least five deep at linebacker, and you got young guys like uh, Rodney Gross and DeMonte Russell, which if you if y'all remember uh, the car accident that happened last year, DeMonte was a part of that. So as far as I'm concerned, he's still working his way back a little bit, but he should be good to go this season. And then Gross, he's one of the guys that we signed from this last class. He's a true freshman, and he's expected to get on the field a good bit. He's a freak athlete. Really strong. If y'all watch his tape, he's he's a thumper. He's going to come in and just take somebody's head off. So he's going to be really fun to watch. He's one of the guys that I'm most excited about from this last class. And uh, like Colton said, this linebacker group's really deep, and I think we have probably seven guys that will be able to go in and make plays every weekend. Right. Rodney Gross is a linebacker's linebacker. You know, big, strong, uh, fast. You know, you know, linebackers, you, it all just works out. Kind of a hybrid between a defensive lineman and a defensive back. You're – Bigger than bigger than a back, smaller than a lineman, and Rodney Gross is just your definitely prototypical guy. Demonte Russell is one of those, just like Jordan Davis, who could have played DN. I mean, could have done either. Uh, long, fast, um, athletic, that kind of thing. Um, at this point, we're gonna y'all are gonna hear a word from Anchor, and we're going to step back for just a few moments, but we'll be back shortly. All right, we're back. Thanks for being patient with us. Yep. Uh, now we get to talk about the back end of the defense. Lots to go through um, here. We've got uh, all kind of stuff to talk about. 
we're going to talk about the, the cornerbacks and then the safeties, but they're all going to kind of just keep in mind they're all going to kind of mix in. This all this defense, there's of course is a three three five. The five are your deep are your defensive backs. You've got three three linemen, three linebackers, five defensive backs. And there's going to be safeties and corners and a nickel back in that group, but those positions are going to be steady and they're going to actually exist, but they're more going to focus on let's get the five best guys on the field. The five guys that we need on the field right now, regardless of is this guy a cornerback or a safety? I mean, they're 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 all going to have to know all those spots. Um, and that's how it is in football. My dad always says, you know, you have to know what every single person's job is if you're on football. And I said, I always tell him the, the, the X receiver doesn't have to know what the left guard's doing, <laughs> but um, he does need to know the game plan. And we, me and my dad can disagree on those things. Defense is, I think defense is more so in that. On defense, though. you got to know. Yeah. You got to trust everybody's doing, especially, you know, if I'm a linebacker and I'm blitzing, you got to know for a fact that. Uh, the safety or the defensive end is going to drop in coverage or, or do whatever, you know. And that's one of the things I saw Arnett talk about, though. He was talking about how impressed he was with the guys being able, in the film room, learning everybody else's job and what they need to be doing and where they're supposed to be at so that way they can all work together and get the job done. Right. Arnett so. made a big deal of talking about how they're not where they want to be at right now. They're not ready, um, but they're getting there. He's He's honestly – just being honest and probably saying what every coach would say if they answered that question truthfully without any coach speak. Arnett does not do coach speak. No. He just he tells it like it is, and he says we're better than we were when we started by a lot, but we're not there yet. Yeah. And uh, that's that's what you like to hear when we still got a couple weeks yeah. left. Two weeks ago, when we heard from him, he said nobody on this defense is playing at the level they need to be at for us to be any good this year. So, right, which you, which you would expect yeah. on the first day of camp. Right. So then. You know he's work. He's, you can tell he's coming around though. He's he. You can tell he's impressed with the talent that we have and the guys that we've given him to work with. This is probably the most talented group that he's ever had to work with. Right. If we're being completely honest, and like we said, this is a down year for the defense just with the inexperience that we have. So right. So getting in the cornerbacks, the starting cornerbacks have talent. Yeah. The starting defense has talent all across the board. Um. There's some depth issues at some positions. There's some, and there's, of course, we've brought it up several times as inexperience, and you're about to hear about that inexperience right now. Yeah. Martin Emerson is definitely one starting cornerback out of two. The next possibility of the other starting quarterback is either true freshman Elias, um, excuse me, Emmanuel Forbes, or sophomore Asias Furge. Yeah. And Gavin, you think. Yeah, I'm going with Forbes in this one. Uh, I just think that there's so much upside with Forbes that you've kind of let got to let him play in a year where not the season doesn't count, but there's no there's not going to really be any repercussions if things do go bad. He's one of those guys where you need him out on the field. At a, I think it's kind of like the same thing we had to go through with Emerson last year, where if you let him play this year and if you let him get some experience under his belt, he's going to end up being one of those guys that you can count on for the next three to four years. Right, and I'm I'm gonna go with Furge maybe starting, and the only reason is it's always fun to be antagonistic. If Gavin and I agreed on everything, <laughs> it, y'all it wouldn't be as fun for y'all, right? But no, for, and truly, Furge is a better tackler, a stronger, uh, more more ready to hit you, and has more weight behind his pads. He's a little bit undersized and short, though. He's not the guy you want covering. He's not really the guy you want covering the post route. Uh, with the with the six four receiver, that's not Furge. That's that's Forbes. Forbes, but Forbes, Forbes is the long guy who's he's just he might not be 
his body might not be ready from a weight room perspective yet, and that's where they're kind of opposite because right. Burge is definitely weight room ready. He's one of those guys that you can go out there and play right now. Right, and but Forbes, Forbes is 160 pounds, yeah. we think, last I heard. Um, yeah, last I heard. I think he, he's probably around 170 right now. Right. Well, uh, it depends on are we going to be defending a bunch of screens and a bunch of slants and that kind of thing, or are we going to be – you know, defending a bunch of jump balls. If the, if it's the latter, then you're going to want Forbes out there. But if it's the former, Burge is probably your guy. And it'll probably be – they'll both get lots of snaps, it's like, so it doesn't like matter. Like we said with earlier guys, it's really going to be matched up base. It's going to be whatever whatever the game plan sees fit. But I do think that, in my opinion, Forbes will be a little bit a little bit of a better choice at corner. But really, you can't go wrong. It's a, the, the scary part with corner is depth because we've only got – Probably, Depth and experience. Yeah, yeah. We, we probably got five corners that we can run out there. And if if there's an injury at some point, we might get in some real trouble with corner. The The next two cornerbacks are both true freshmen. Yeah. We've got a sophomore, a sophomore, and two and three true freshmen that are going to run out there right now. Um, you've got one junior transfer that is also probably one of the better of the, of the three backups, and I'll just go through those real quickly. Cam Threet out of – that's from your neck of the woods, right? Yeah, he's from Lewisburg High School, uh, true freshman. He was one of the best players in Mississippi last year. He's just small. So that's kind of – he's he's going to be one of those guys that can definitely go out there and make plays and make an impact. And uh, when we're talking about my neck of the woods, somebody that just kind of popped in my head right, right when we're sitting here, Jalen Reed. Uh, he's a guy from Olive Branch. He's been on the team for – he's a true sophomore, a redshirt sophomore this year. So he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be able to go out there and make an impact. Uh, hopefully he gets some playing time. And like I said, with the corner depth that we do have or that we lack right now, he should be one of those guys that's able to go out and make some plays, get some playing time, and hopefully become a solid player to play for us for the next couple of years. Um, another guy, uh, DeCamrian Richardson, down there from the Bayou kind of area of up in Louisiana. He was a late um, addition to the class. Right, I was about to say, very late addition to the class. And one of those that you watch his film and you're like, why? What? Where? Where did this dude come from? Yeah. Why haven't we been recruiting him hard? He, I don't know if his coaches didn't do a good job getting the news out there, but nobody was really on him until the very end, and it was like, wow, he's grown too. Um, and he's he's still growing. He's long. He's fast. He's probably honestly, I th- remember when we signed him, and I thought he might have the most upside of any yeah. player we signed. Just as much room to grow. Uh, he's gonna be really good for he's us. Probably I six think. four now. I live right next to him. So. Oh, he, he's in Gavin's yeah. dorm. Yeah, so he's probably six four right now. You should send him the show. Yeah, you should I send him the show. Four. Send it to him and tell him that uh, I expect at least three interceptions this year. <laughs> um, another guy I mentioned earlier is Kyle Cass, the junior college transfer. He is great size for quarterback. He can move a lot. And uh, one of those guys, again, all these guys can move in at safety or nickel. They're going to probably have to move around a lot um, because, again, you just want the five best DB, the five DBs you want on the field. We're going to talk about that a lot. It's it's going to be a lot of mo- uh, moving parts. Right. And – me and Colton were talking about this the other day. Nickel is primarily a spot that you reserve for an extra safety. Right. But with the with the depth that we have at DB being so thin, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if we ran some of these backup corners out there at nickel. Just whether I, w- I honestly wouldn't be surprised if whoever whoever doesn't make it uh, between Furge and Forbes, I I could see them playing nickel a few right. days. Right. Either them year. or one of the or one of any, any, like I said, we've said it a lot of time. A lot of inexperience and because of the philosophy of just of have your five best pass defenders out there, you know, they're just, there's there are going to be a lot of people on the field that are just maybe not. Oh, this is his natural position. Well, they're all they're all defending the pass. They're all <laughs> the backside of they're all the, the, the DBs. Okay, um, that's just how it's going to be. Yeah. Um, 
at safety, you've really got some talent up front at safety and a little and where if you have any experience at all, it's at safety on the if you have it on the backside of the defense. Like we've said, the talent's there. It's not it's not about talent and or a lack thereof at all. It's just about experience and youth. Yeah. But at safety you feel a little bit better. Um with of course the headliner is Marcus Murphy. Marcus Murphy is a future NFL guy, might be in the NFL next year or the year after that. With this being a free year, he's got a little bit more motivation to stay put. But uh, if you really think about it, he could be in the NFL in three years if he, right? If I he mean, really wanted to, he could. Yeah, he could play this year and then play two. And more. Next year would be his junior year. Did, then, last year that wasn't. Did he redshirt? No. So he could technically redshirt again, but last yeah. year doesn't count as a redshirt year. Right. He played four games because it was a suspension that doesn't yeah. count. But in any case, um, Marcus Murphy, when he was on the field last year, was incredible. Had a pick six against Arkansas. Had the huge interception of Matt Corral in the Egg Bowl. I mean, this dude, this is potentially a defensive MVP over here. Um, this is somebody who you really want on your defense. If if you're going to have a weak backside of the defense, you're you're very happy to have this guy on the field, and you're also happy and having your fingers crossed, really, that this guy doesn't get hurt. Yeah. Um, this is probably the most critical. This would probably be the most critical guy to have on the field. Yeah. Um from that standpoint, not not even I'm not going to sit there and say he's better than Errol Thompson and all the other defenders. I'm just saying because of what the position he plays, it's a premium. Yeah. At the uh, next safety is a guy you might not have heard of. He's a new guy, Colin Duncan. We've heard a lot about Colin Duncan. He's going to. I've got my notes over here. He's looking like he'll play strong safety. I imagine most of the rotation, if there is rotation at the safety positions a lot, will be at strong safety more than free safety where we expect Marcus Murphy. Yeah. And I might have those backwards. Again, they might switch in and out because, again, it's a lot of – might have Marcus at the strong and Duncan at the free or whatever. But Colin Duncan, um, he played in 11 games as a freshman last year. But, uh, I mean, that's experience. That's what I'm trying to say. If you, you, you value experience here. Martin Emerson played a lot last year. Um, not as much as he needed to to be starting this year, and neither did Duncan. But out of all these other guys, um, besides Marcus Murphy and who we're about to talk about, Fred Peters, um, that's he's been on the field the most, and there's yeah. there's value in that. And the thing, Colin will be the starter for game one at a uh, free safety or strong safety this year. But I wouldn't be surprised if C.J. Morgan, he's still coming back from that torn ACL that he suffered last year in the Alabama game, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So when when CJ's back, I would not be surprised at all if he takes over at that strong safety spot. He's he's more of a free safety in his play style. He's just one of those guys where you've got to have him on the field because he's going to make plays. Right. That's another guy um, where I talked about injuries and transfers and all that. Of course, we've talked about the cornerbacks already. We're missing Jari and Jones. Transferred originally was going to transfer to Ole Miss. Ole Miss got busted for tampering, which is was an open and shut case as far as I know. Who knows how long it will take an SEC to. Uh, I don't want to say prosecute. It wasn't a legal thing, but I don't know how long that would have taken to go through. But that there's it, clearly tampering was evident. We, Gavin had pictures sent to him of by his friend of, of Jari and hanging out with John Rice Plumley two days before he decommitted or he tra- entered the portal. Yeah, or yeah, entered the portal. Uh, same thing with, of course, we talked about up front. We're missing uh, Fabian Lovett, probably one of the most talented defensive tackles uh, that we were going to have. Definitely that that one hurts mm-hmm. the most simply because. You are a little bit thin there, and he was definitely was probably I wouldn't say definitely probably is going to be the starter at the nose tackle defensive tackle position. Yeah. Um, not to say that we don't have guys that are almost as good or even just as good, 
but you would love to have three guys rotating in and out that are mm-hmm. potential starters with Pickering and Crumity. Um, and of course, run defense is where we were hurt the most last year. Yeah. Uh, and again, C.J. Morgan. Hopefully, he'll get back uh, in. I do not expect him to play at least in the first two games. Yeah. I, I highly doubt it. He but either really way, bad. he's he's one of the vocal leaders of this team, so he'll be. He's going to be a big deal for the defense, even if he's not on the field making plays. C.J. Morgan is probably the most intelligent, well-spoken college football player I've seen in a long time yep. outside of guys that maybe go to Stanford yeah. at KJ. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of just being facetious. I haven't really seen any examples of those Stanford guys being more um, intelligent either. But just follow him on Twitter. That dude speaks his mind and does not let what other and people – And Instagram. Doesn't let what other people uh, – what other people say or think uh, have anything have any impact on what he says or thinks as far as you know the the, the optics of it. He doesn't care about the optics. He says what he says what he says what he needs to say what needs to be said. Yeah. Uh, so now Fred Peters, as we we're talking about Fred Peters, he's expected to be the nickel uh, starting out this year, and he's one of those guys where coming out of camp you've heard a lot of good things about him. Javante Payton, I watched his interview last week, and they were asking him who's the who are the two guys on the defense that are giving you the, the you know, worst matchup nightmares in your one-on-ones in practice? And he said Fred Peters and Martin Emerson. That's good. So th- those are some guys where, of course, Javante is working out of the slot, so Fred's going to be working a lot out of the slot, as we expected. He's mm-hmm. going to be one of those guys where he's got a lot of experience under his belt. He's going to be able to go in there and make plays, and he'll probably be matched up with the quickest and Fastest receiver on the field at all times. Right. Fred Peters out of Marion County, Mississippi, down around Columbia. He originally went to Jones College, Jones County Junior College. Um, played a lot last year in a reserve role. And, again, not a ton of experience, but he is older. Junior college, that's better experience in high school. And did play some last year. So, again, you're trying to get those guys that know what they're doing out there. I, that's the theme I see. Um, except a cornerback, you can't help it. Right. Even with cornerback, though, Asias Ferges, I would be surprised if he started just because he's played and Emmanuel Forbes hasn't. Even if Emmanuel Forbes is quote-unquote better, and I'm not saying that, I wouldn't be surprised just for that reason. I think that's kind of what they're, where they're, where they're, they're kind of leaning towards who's been on the field the most, and that's the case even with Verlay because he, he may or may not be better than Tyrus Weed at linebacker, but he's played. Um, Jaden Crumity has played a little bit more than Nathan Pickering, just a little bit, but that's just – I think that that experience is going to be a premium this year, and those are the guys that you're going to want to keep healthy for sure. Yep. Uh, so going, moving into the depth of the safety spots, one of the guys that really stood out is Janari Dean. He's a true freshman. He out coming out of high school, he got a lot of comps uh, to who was it? It wasn't Tavez Calhoun, was it? It was Jonathan Banks. Yeah. He got a lot of Jonathan Banks comparisons. I'm not sure if it's both because they ride horses, but uh, right, that could they're, be. It. They're both some country boys. Well, that's like. Uh, they gave Fred Peters a lot of Jonathan Abram comparisons, and he is in that mold, but that's a little bit unfair. A first round, a safety in the first round draft pick is insane, yeah. and Jonathan Abrams is from the same area as Fred Peters. No kid, yeah. no kid coming out of high school, especially when they're not even going to play the same position in college, should ever be compared to a guy that won the Jim Thorpe Award. Right. That's, just, that's just unfair to him. Uh, it is. But, but Janari is one of those guys where he's going to be able to make some plays. He's, he's definitely going to play a lot down the road, and – like we said, this is a guy that's really going to benefit from not losing a year of eligibility this year because he can get on the field and it's not going to hurt anything. He'll still be a freshman next year regardless of what he does this year. Right. So Janari's one of the guys where you can really look forward to him getting on the field this year. Landon Gidry, he's a junior. Uh, I think he's a redshirt junior because I do remember him tearing his ACL in practice a couple years ago. 
but he played a lot in the bowl game this past year. He's got 20 appearances, six tackles in those appearances. He's a young guy, uh, you know, even though he is a redshirt junior. He's one of those guys that doesn't have very much experience. Very much, not very much, but still more than, you know, even right. Duncan. He's or seen some stuff. Nari Dean. He's, he, knows, he knows the drill as far as college athletic goes. He's definitely – He's definitely experienced in the film room. The only right. concern is actual game rep. And he's played a lot of special teams. And but he's he he played. He was on the field in the yeah. bowl game. I mean, yeah. I remember he was and actually was doing really good. Yeah. One of the few bright spots in that. Oh my gosh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but um, that's another guy who'll be on the back end uh, in a reserve role. You've also got Sean Preston, who started a game and played in eight games last year. Had 25 tackles and two pass breakups. That's big. Eight games, 25 tackles and two pass breakups last year. And as as your reserve, that's a guy that I feel a lot better. I honestly, I would, I would, I would feel a lot worse if he wasn't in the wasn't in that position group simply because he's what the sixth or seventh guy we've named. Yeah. But again, it all goes back to experience. He started a game. He's played eight games last year, uh, and had 25 tackles and two pass breakups. He has seen the field. Um, another guy that has seen the field a little bit, he redshirted uh, last year but still played four games, is redshirt freshman J.P. Purvis, who's – that's going to be your starter in, in one of those positions in a couple years if he stays healthy and sticks yeah. around. Janari and J.P. would be a pretty good guess. Right. going to start in two or three years. Give just a little bit of a preview. But, uh, again, you've got Fred Peters, like we said, who he may benefit from this year and stick around next year. Marcus Murphy, who is an NFL guy. Those are two guys that need to be healthy. Them, Forbes, Ferbs, and Emerson have have to take care of their bodies this year. And that's of course obviously that doesn't uh that doesn't preclude, you know, some freak accident or anything like that. I'm not saying obviously we're not gonna blame them if they get hurt, but that's yeah. just coaches have to manage those guys' minutes carefully, even though that's actually who you want on the field the most. It's it's yeah. a double edged sword there. Yeah, Especially but, with CJ Morgan being gone, he'll probably benefit a lot from the extra year because he won't. He definitely won't play the first couple of games. If he no, does, I'd be shocked. Yeah. I don't. I don't think he's dressed out. Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't hit anybody in practice. He's gone to every single practice from what I've heard, but a lot of it's rehabbing and just getting back in the field of things. I don't think he's done any contract right. drills. And yet. of course, the most critical off-season development that we haven't even talked about yet is recent development is Tyler Williams, who would have been the starting corner alongside Emerson, and it was a again probably. After Murphy and Errol Thompson, um, they're the only guys on the back seven, I guess we'll say, back eight, that would have had any experience at all. You would have had Marcus Murphy a little bit with Fred Peters and Errol Thompson and Tyler Williams. He's opted out. That leaves. That's why we have to start a true freshman or a true sophomore at um, cornerback this year. And is that's that's going to be the one that hurts the most. Yeah. Not not he didn't transfer, so as a transfer that hurts the most. You know you can parse if it was Jarian or. Uh, Love it. I keep I keep wanting to call him Nathaniel Love it. I don't know why. That, I, I, those names don't even go together. No. I don't know. Anyway, um, Fabian Love it and Janari uh, uh, Jari and Jones. But out of all the losses from this from the from a year ago, um, besides the, of course the seniors and NFL guys, it's going to be Tyler Williams. That's yeah. that's that's a that's a backbreaker. Anyway, uh, so moving on. For the final segment of the show, we're going to give out some preseason awards, our predictions for the defense, guys. So we're going to talk about breakout player, most improved player, freshman player of the year, and defensive MVP. So, Colton, uh, you want to go ahead and give your, your pick for breakout player of the year on the defense? Right. My breakout player of the year, 
I think it's going to be Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis, um, one of those guys that could have played in the SEC, just had some like you know school related things that had him put him at Colin. He could have been in there the whole time though. Gonna be a freak. He's in the same mold as Montez Sweat. I know they produce winners over there at Collington Community College. I grew up watching them, and we've seen it with Montez Sweat uh, and some other guys here in the past. We remember Donald Gray, um, wide receiver from Colin. There's all kinds of players that come from Colin and go to all kinds of schools. I, we'd be here all day, but um, I think he's gonna be really talented. I know those linebackers are gonna have to do a lot with the blitzing and stuff. And Jordan Davis is going to get after the passer. That's why we recruited him. We recruited him to, to sack the quarterback, and he's going to be sent to do that in all these unique blitzes that we're going to be throwing. So yeah. I think I think he's a guy that gets more than five sacks and is probably going to be the, the, the freshest, the prettiest new face, I guess we could say. Yeah. If by pretty you mean, you know, guy, guy you want to have on the team <laughs> making plays. So I thought Davis was a good pick, but I decided to go with uh, Nathan Pickering for my breakout player of the year. I just think Pickering, even though, you know, we didn't have him listed as a starter, He's going to be one of those guys where you look at him and you say, dang, you know, where did he come from? Because he's, I think with the way that he's built, he's going to be those guys, one of those guys that goes in when you're at the goal line. He's going to come out there and he's going to stop somebody's big, you know, he's going to stop a run in a big game uh, and win for us. So I think Pickering is the guy that I'll, I expect to have the biggest breakout year just because coming out of the last year, you know, you heard so much about him coming out of high school that, and then he didn't. He was impressive last year. He just didn't get to see the field a ton. And I think, you know, especially with Fabian transferring out this year, he's going to be one of those guys that's going to get a lot more snaps than he regularly would have. So that's why I picked him. And this isn't a competition, but if it was, right. I would win this only because at nose tackle or defensive tackle, Nathan's not going to get the stats, right. the, 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 the stuff you can write down on a sheet that yeah. Jordan Davis is going to get. But my brother, my brother plays defensive tackle at – my high school. I'm gonna go watch him play. As soon as this is done, I'm going down there to watch him. He talks all the time. I'm not in there to make tackles. I'm in there to to suck everybody up so they all mm -hmm. so my other guys can make tackles. And he's one of the better players on his team and doing just that. I feel like Nathan Pickering's like that. He'll eat up a couple blocks, and then you'll have Errol Thompson there making a tackle. And that's yeah. just how the defense might might end up working. Of course, with this three three five, I haven't seen it in action as much. It might. Be, those tackle might very well crashing <laughs> through there, getting six tackles, six tackles per half or something like that. Um, most improved player, I'm going with Aaron Brule. I'm really liking the linebackers, as you can tell. Aaron Brule is, uh, and I say most improved. Just on, he was on the field a pretty good amount last year for a non-starter. You know, he when Willie Gay wasn't there, he was the fourth linebacker, and he just looked. I remember it's particularly the LSU game. He just a little bit lost and. What he was doing, like you, like a you would expect a freshman to be. I mean, that's just uh, part. It comes with the territory when you have to play a young guy. But he's got got some of that, a little bit of that experience under his belt, which we've talked about. We know he's so incredibly athletic. He's uh, uh, going to be a freak out there. Going to be rushing the pasture, like we said. I think we're going to see a big year from him. I, honestly, I think if you just looking at from the, from last year to this year, if he just gets average linebacker numbers, which he very well could get way better than that you would still call that a really nice improvement that you love to see. Yeah. And he'll be around after this year to continue to improve too. Yeah. Uh, for my most improved, I'm going with Fred Peters. I think he's one of the really exciting guys. Like I mentioned earlier, he's one of the guys you've hearing. You've been hearing a lot of good things about coming out of camp. Uh, he's a matchup nightmare. And I think just looking, looking back on last year, he was one of those guys where he was getting some snaps. You, you know, you can remember seeing him on the field, but he was never anybody that was going to, 
you know, pop out at you. He's never somebody that you're going to think, wow, Fred Peters had a really good game. But I think this year he's going to be that type of guy, and he's going to he's going to win us some ball games. He's going to make some big plays, and I think he'll be somebody that you remember. So uh, we're going to move on, and we're going to do freshman player of the year. So I went with Emmanuel Forbes on this one, and Colton agreed with me. I mean, he's – I think this is an obvious pick. Emmanuel Forbes is the best freshman on the team probably. Yeah, um, on the defensive end at least. And as much as we talked about the inexperience and as much as we talked about the uh, – talked about how little depth we have and how a lot of guys are going to have to play and some guys – we're worried about that. Emmanuel Forbes is the only freshman that we talked about that could could start or maybe will start. Even Nathan Pickering is still a – did he redshirt technically last year? Is he a redshirt freshman? I don't think so. I don't think so uh, either. Even – and we and we tried to limit this award to true freshmen and not redshirt freshmen because right. of the rule. We don't want to name guys for freshman player of the year that were on the field last year um, because of the four-game rule. But that being – we talked about all the inexperience, but there's still not a ton of places for freshmen to get in the game a lot. But for Emmanuel Forbes, he is that guy that is going to be a freshman and will have to be in the game a lot. Even if he's not starting, he's going to be on the field. So uh, I'd expect Forbes to have a couple couple interceptions, several pass breakups this year. I think that uh, he'll definitely be a bright spot too if he can, you know, get a, if he can figure out a way to use that smaller size to still lay a thump and tackle some people in space. Yep. Uh, moving on, defensive MVP. I said Errol Thompson. I think that Errol, obviously, he's the leader of this defense. He's the guy that's going to call the plays. He's going to make the plays. I I can see Errol leading. He's definitely going to lead the team in tackles this year. You think? Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's, if he's up there towards the top of in tackles for the for the conference this year. Right. He's, think, an, he's an all-SEC type guy. Yeah. He's one of those guys that's going to be on the field every single snap just about, and he's going to be – He's going to be a big time uh, deal for this defense. Um, I said, and I'm not, and look, my pick, you can take it how you want. I'm not necessarily saying this is the best player on the team. Most valuable, I'm taking that quite literally. Who we're going to need the most and who has to be out there the most, I've already talked about it a little bit on the show. And if he ends up being the best player on this team, you're going to be excited because you know what you've got with who, with who uh, Gavin said with Errol. But if this guy who's on the back end isn't ends up being the most impactful player as well as the most valuable player, then you're gonna have a little bit better of a year than you than we thought on the defensive side. And so that's part part of me picking this is gonna be an optimist. But that's Marcus Murphy. Gonna have to have Marcus Murphy stand on the field. Marcus Murphy, who lost his mother at an extremely young age and has a son who's battling a very rare uh, type of bone disease. I mean, just I couldn't imagine what that guy's gone through. The guy's younger than me. I had a class with him last year and just nice as kind as can be and courteous, respectful. Leach has said a lot of good things about him. Have right. you seen that? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I again, I couldn't – I'm 22 years old. I couldn't imagine going through half the stuff he's gone through. Yeah. I could I, – I couldn't fathom it. And he's out here playing football and going to start and going to be, you know, I, I would still think probably our next best uh, chance after perhaps Thompson or maybe Pickering to get all SEC honors. You know, Nathan Pickering was a freshman, all, all freshman team last year, yeah. which there's not many freshmen playing defensive line. <laughs> but still, he's one of the few, which says a lot to, about Nathan. But uh, Marcus Murphy, I think, is going to be the uh, the uh, our defensive MVP. Hopefully, hopefully, if Errol Tom, you can expect Errol Thompson to be that as well. But if it, but if it is Marcus Murphy, that means the back end must have really done something special. Yeah. Some other things we're talking about before we get into, you know, just to sum it up, you know, this defense got in the SEC. You got to stop the run. We're probably going to be the only team where 
you can you cannot stop the run and be, maybe be okay if you stop the pass, which I don't think they're going to be able to do uh, too bad against Mike Leach's de- uh, offense, which we'll talk about the next show. But a um, little bit worried, you know, these guys get a lot of reps against the air raid. How are they going to defend the run? Um, of course, the scout team will run exactly whatever offense the, the team we're playing this week runs. So, you know, starting mo- Monday or Sunday, I guess, whatever day they start practice before LSU, they're going to practice against what LSU gives and those types of looks. But that being said, it is a little bit – it does work both ways. We're worried about the back end of the defense just from a depth and an experience perspective because they're all super talented. But um, if they're playing against the – air raid offense and practice a lot what is is that that gives them so many reps i mean we talk we'll talk about this with the offense show the receivers are getting hundreds and hundreds of routes and balls in these over these practices that means to an extent of course you run some offense some drills without offense or defense or the op, your, your opposite i should say the defense runs drills without the offensive players and vice versa but to, to an extent the defensive players are getting a lot of passes thrown at them in practice so I wonder if that pass defense is going to – if it's going to take a step up sooner than we think maybe in a couple weeks because of all that practice, and also if uh, the run defense suffers. I don't think the run defense is going to suffer too much because you're still going to – again, part of pass defense and run defense is all these blitzes and this stuff we're going to throw out at the 3-3-5. And they still get to see Colin Hill in practice every day. Right. So. They still have to tackle Colin Hill at some point. But um, that's just one of those things. And, again, we if we can be – an average defense. If we can be sixth to ninth in the SEC, we can win a lot of games. We can we can have a better than a winning record um, because of what we think the offense is going to do. And I'm not just out here saying our offense is trouncing our defense. They're at, they're not. In fact, in practice, Mike Leach said the opposite that it was a lot of give and take. But um, we just know we just know exactly what we're getting. Not exactly. Can't even. I wouldn't even say that. But we know for the most part what we're getting with this offense. If everybody stays healthy. You've got a proven, a, a proven, a proven passer, of more than proven running back, and we'll get into this later. We think it's a really good, really strong offensive line that I'm really excited about. Yep. And we know we got some pass catchers out there that are unproven, but they're there, and yep. we've got the bodies, and we've got the numbers, and we've got the talent. So I think it'll work out for us on that side. But in any case, Can we. we- what? We're planning on having a special guest with us on the offensive show. Planning so on having a special guest with us. If it all if it all falls together, to I think out. y'all be really excited about it. Though. Three right, three schedules have to line up, but we're trying to get that done. Um, I could I could I'll do that one over the phone with you, by the way, if we need to. Okay. But next week we'll probably get that show out to you Monday or Tuesday, which means we get to put out another show, maybe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll expect that. We'll make the announcements. Um, on our Instagrams, and we'll give you those here in a minute. That means that you will have that show, this show, that show, and another show before the pregame show, Friday, September 25th, before we play LSU. Yep. That one's for sure, and then we'll have two shows in between this one and that one. So you're getting a lot of content from us, um, probably more than you than you might have expected, which is a good thing, I, we hope. We hope you all think that's a good thing. The first episode did very well, so thank you all for the support. Uh it means a lot for us to be able to, you know, we kind of quit on the show on y'all out of nowhere last time. Y'all really didn't have a heads up of what was going on. We didn't really let y'all know anything. So That's thank our y'all. fault. Yeah. And we've talked about the mitigating circumstances there, but we should have let y'all know. Yeah. Thank y'all for the continued support. Continue to share, 
um, continue to uh, spread the word around. Word of mouth is our is our biggest advertisement, of course, just from what y'all talk about. Uh, and after that, you know, we also want feedback. We want to know how to make the show unique. We want to know how what you want to hear about, what you want us to talk about. You can DM us anytime, 24-7. We will respond. I know I'll respond. I'm sure y'all respond yeah. to all y'all's DMs. Oh, I respond to everybody. I respond to every DM. On my Instagram is dogs before the mask, D A U G S before w. the mask. What did I say? U D A U W D A W G S. Dogs, like we spell dogs the fun way. <laughs> before the mask, one word. I'm, my, my Instagram is pirate themed, guys. We're doing the Mike Police pirate thing. It's just a thing. Gavin's is Stark Vegas Report, one word, the same as the as the show, and we're both on Instagram. Uh, find us, follow us, like, share, do all those things. Um, Post our little, post our little, what is it? Our feed post to your story. Do that. Yeah. I'm not very technology uh, oriented. I'm, I, I I do all the production for the podcast and I'm not good at it. I don't know why that became my job. But yeah. um, go ahead and do all those things. And uh, again, go and ask us questions. Um, yeah. Give us feedback. We want to hear from you. And I know that uh, for at least for the pregame LSU episode, I will have a sticker on my story out at least 24 hours before we record the show, and we'll let y'all send in fan questions, and uh, we'll shout y'all out during the show, and just try to, we're going to try to interact with y'all as much as possible. We want, we want this to be something that y'all can enjoy, something that if you have a question, we can come on here and answer it for y'all. Right. So. As always, swing your sword and hail state. Yep. See y'all later.